Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I am your host, Jason Spears, back with an update on the fluid quarterback situation with the Indianapolis Colts. There has been a lot of talk, a lot of tweets, a lot of information out in the Twitter sphere and just throughout the NFL about Carson Wentz. We all know if you've listened to the show that before Matt Stafford was traded to the Rams, I was told that the Colts weren't really interested in taking on Carson Wentz's contract along with all the baggage that has come with that that comes with him. The last year in Philadelphia was an a, a, just an unmitigated disaster. And so I was told then they were not interested. But as with everything in this league and everything in the NFL, it's all fluid and subject to change. So after the Stafford trade was made official or made not official, but you know, the 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 details were broken. I was told the Colts went back, the tone changed. They went back, they dug into his film. Reich and Ballard had some serious, you know, come-to-Jesus talks, if you will. And Reich, I think, really got Ballard on board with the option of trading for Carson Wentz. Now, what I do know is this. The Colts have put out an offer. The last time I had spoken to you guys, they had not put... That was a Friday. That was the day Ballard went on Dockage's show. They had not put out an offer at that point, which was reported by multiple outlets that they had. They hadn't. There was no package that they had put out there, no package put together that they had offered. It wasn't until after that that they put a package together and put it, you know, and offered it to Philadelphia. I have no idea what that package is, but what I do know is Ballard has gone as far as he is going to go with this. He's not going to overpay. He's at the end of his rope as far as what he's willing to give Philadelphia for Carson Wentz. Now, as far as Carson Wentz goes, you're trading for a big cap hit, a guy that's an unknown for 2021, a guy that struggled, had a horrendous year, for a, a multitude of reasons, and I've seen a lot of people tell me he had no playmakers, he had no running game, he had no offensive line. That's that's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that, but there was also some serious issues with his attitude, holding on to the ball too long, and just playing bad football. He was a part of the reason that they were bad last year. It was not all just these other reasons. It was a combination. Now that said. I do believe that he's salvageable as a player, but he has to want to be coached hard. And he does not, in the last two years, he has fought the coaches in Philadelphia. He has not wanted to be coached hard. And what I mean by that is once Reich left, Reich was there in 2017, he had a great year. Reich really was on his ass, coached him extremely hard, which he does with all his quarterbacks, because that's how you get the most out of players. And when Reich left... Carson Wentz acted like he'd reached the pinnacle, like he was at the top of his game and he didn't have to work any harder. Now, if you know anything about athletes, especially guys that are really, really self-motivated and driven athletes, when they get to that point where, okay, they're talked about as one of the greatest players and their hard work pays off, that's not where they stop. That's where they start. That's where the hard work begins because they see their hard work coming to fruition and therefore they work even harder. 
That's not what happened with Carson Wentz, from what I'm, I've been told by people with the Eagles and a lot of different you know sources. He went the opposite way. He thought, okay, I'm at this point. I don't need to work as hard because I'm great already. And that's not how this works. If you don't, if you, if you're if you're not working, somebody else is. And when you don't work as hard as everybody else does, you see what happens. You see Jalen Hurts. You know, you get benched for Jalen Hurts, and you see him take over. So that for me, is my concern with him. Reich has got to get that attitude out of him, and he's got to get him back into where he was in 2017. And that's going to be easier said than done, trust me. Carson's kind of settled in to a certain way of doing things, and it's not the right way. So that's going to have to be changed. But as far as Ballard, right go, Reich obviously has pushed this idea to Ballard, but it doesn't matter. Ballard runs this ship. Ballard is not going to overpay for Carson Wentz. His contract for the next two years is huge, huge hits on our ability to sign free agents, and we're trying to build a Super Bowl roster here. We absolutely have to go out, and Ballard, and and I've been told Ballard is going to try to do this, go out and get a top-tier pass rusher. If you think about it, Matt Eberflus has had some decent pass rushers. Houston was really good his first year. Autry was good. Buckner's been good, but that's not his forte, per se. He hasn't had that elite guy to get to the quarterback. If you saw, if you if you trade for Wentz, it's going to limit the amount of free agents we can sign in the next two years. So we've either got to rework that deal, or we've got to really get some assets back in that deal, whether that be picks or whatever. So... I've heard the rumors of Okariki, Rock, Doyle, and 21. I think that's way too much. I lo- I know how Ballard feels about Okariki. He's not trading him. I would be absolutely floored if Ballard traded Rock, Okariki, and Doyle for Wentz and offering the 21, you know, the 21st overall o- overall pick for that. That's you know, that's insane. That's too much. I don't think that's going to happen. I I think the most I could see them giving up is 21 for Wentz and 38. And and even that, I'm not sure I would do. I could probably be talked into it, but... I don't know, man. I don't know with Wentz. I don't know where he is as far as, like, is he? are we capable of salvaging him? Yes, he's had some great years, and everybody points out his stats or whatever, but he definitely took a nosedive last year, and his attitude is something that is a major issue for me, and that has to be fixed. So where, where we're at right now with that, I guess my, my final word on Wentz is, Ballard's made his offer. It's not going to change. I don't know what that offer is, but I do know the final offer has been made. And the and the Eagles are just searching for, for more. They want as much as possible for Wentz. And I can't blame them for that, but I really, you know, you're not getting it from Ballard. He's not a desperate, he doesn't operate in a desperate way. Uh, he's not a desperation general manager. I feel like the best offer that they're probably going to get is probably from Chicago, because if you look at the circumstances of Indianapolis and Chicago, Pace and Nagy are basically in a one-year situation. If they don't turn that around, they're gone. Absolutely 100% gone. They have nothing to lose. Whereas Ballard, I think will be, you, you will hear soon, will be signing an extension 
to be the Colts GM for the next four or five years or whatever, you know, Ursay sees fit. So that's two different situations, two different ways of doing business. One one pair, you know, one GM that has nothing to lose and another GM that that's really just settling in and is going to get extended. So look, I don't think Ballard overpays in the end. I think the Bears get him because I think they're going to overpay. And I mean, that's just my personal opinion. That's not anything I've heard, but that's what I believe because I think Ballard is just not going to overpay. He just doesn't do it. He sets it, and he does this in free agency. He does this when the trade market. He does it with everything. He goes only so far. He sets at the beginning. I believe he sets his parameters of how far he's willing to go. And once it gets past that, he's done. It's a wrap. Either you take it or leave it. So if we don't get Wentz, I've heard a lot of Darnold talk. And what I've been told about Darnold is point blank, Ballard doesn't like him. He hasn't seen anything from him in the NFL that makes him believe that he's going to be the guy. So I don't think that's an option. Again, this is all fluid. Everything is always fluid in the NFL. And I'm not saying that to talk out of both sides of my mouth. But that's how this league is. I mean, obviously things changed with Wentz. Maybe things changed with Darnold. I have no idea. But that is something that I've been told and I was told early. Um, Now... People have been asking me about trading up. I'm a big fan of this idea because I think there's some home run picks in this draft. I mean, Wilson, to me, is a guy that I would love to have, and I know Ballard loves. The two guys I've heard Ballard really, really likes are Wilson and Fields. And so, and, I, and I've been told he's not a huge Lance guy, so I don't think he trades up to seven or six or whatever and tries to take Lance. I think he, his two guys that he would want, obviously Lawrence is a guy, but you're not getting him. So the two guys are Wilson and Fields, and you're going to have to get up in, inside the top five, and I just don't know if we have the assets to do that. But those are the two guys that, he's, that he covets. He loves those two guys. He thinks they're big difference makers and would be elite in our offense so those are the two guys that that Ballard really likes that I know of obviously we have to go through the combine which is going to be totally different this year maybe his feelings change but as of now based on what I've been told that's where he stands another guy that I've heard he likes and and you know I haven't watched a ton of film on this guy and no one really talks about him is Kellen Mond out of uh, out of Texas A&M so that's maybe a later round draft pick that you could see him take if he really likes him Ballard's a conviction guy if he really believes in somebody he'll take him and it doesn't matter where and it doesn't matter where everybody else thinks he should go or what anybody else thinks if he believes and in, in, in is strongly convicted and what he wants, you know, and what he believes, he will absolutely take Helen Mund or whoever if he believes in them. But as far as like the top four guys, I know he likes Lawrence, uh, obviously, who doesn't? He likes Fields and he likes uh, Wilson out of BYU, who I love and I would love to get. I think he's a, you know, I think he's a franchise quarterback, but I just don't think we have the, the assets to get up there. It's going to be tough to get inside the top five. And then as and in Lance, like I said, things are subject to change. But I just, I, you know, he's he just uh, he's not interested in him, as far as I know. Now again, everything's always fluid. I got to say that with you guys because if it changes and you come back, you know, and, and give me heat on this, I mean, things can always change. But I will update you as I know. I mean, obviously, you know, we've broken some stuff, and and just and I just want to say this to Colt fans: Luke and I work our tails off to get you guys the most 
you know, up-to-date information, inside information, the stuff that nobody else knows. And we've broken stories, um, whether big or small, mostly mostly small hiring stories. But, you know, we're, just, we're new to this insider game. We don't have all the connections that these big guys have. Schefter, all those guys. We're not, we're not in that ballpark. So if you're expecting us to break every single story, you need to lower your expectations a little bit because that's not where we're at. We're just getting into this. We're not going to be right 100% of the time. I feel like just reading some of the, you know, the notifications and tweets that I've gotten from people, you know, the expectations are that we're going to break all these stories, every single one, and it's just not going to happen. It doesn't work like that. We don't know everything. Things go on that we're not privy to. So when we know things, we'll put it out there. But people have been asking me about whens to give them one way or the other. Look, I don't know. I don't know, and Luke, Luke doesn't know either. And we're not just going to say, "Oh yeah, we know this," and put. We're not one of those people that just throws shit at a dartboard and hopes we're right. We're not going to do that. That's a disservice to ourselves and a disservice to the Colts, and most of all, it's a disservice to the fans. So we're not going to do that. You know, as far as just options for me personally that I like, and a lot of people disagree with me. I would call the Raiders about Derek Carr. I think he would flourish in our offense behind our offensive line. I think he's an underrated quarterback. I know a lot of people don't like him for a variety of reasons, but he's very accurate. He takes care of the ball, and I think he would fit perfectly in our offense as far as you know the short yardage, timing, rhythm stuff. He's great at that. That's what he does. I think he'd fit in. I, I mean, I hope Ballard makes that call. I think that's a, a legitimate option. Another option that's been mentioned recently that I haven't heard anything from my sources about is Marcus Mariota. I wouldn't be against a flyer on Marcus Mariota. He has talent. He's played well in this league. He's led a team to the playoffs. He's certainly capable of playing well, and it wouldn't cost a lot. I So I'm not against that because that's, that's the type of move I think Ballard, Ballard likes making because it's a low-risk, high-reward type of thing. With with Carson Wentz, I think it's high risk, high reward. Maybe not even high reward. I mean, honestly, it's just high risk. There's so many factors. Yes, he's played well, but there's so many issues around the guy that I've heard from from Eagles people and also, you know, just in general, mechanically he's regressed. Uh he's not trusting his eyes. I mean, these are things I think Bright could help him with, but I mean, and and I can be sold on Wentz for the right price, but I mean, man, I, I don't know. Giving up a first, whew, I guess I could be talked into it, but I mean, man, I don't know. So that's where we're at. I just wanted to give you an update. Nothing nothing groundbreaking, but I don't think I'd ever talked really about Darnold, you know, got into real detail about Darnold or Lance. Uh, those are things that I, I knew, but I just hadn't really gone on record and saying. Again, Things can change. You got the combine. You've got, you know, just everything going on in the NFL with quarterbacks moving around. You just don't know. Ballard is really good when it comes to quarterback stuff, draft stuff, just keep and free agent stuff, honestly. And that's another thing. I mean, I don't know how, like, I don't know. We've never done this before. So the insider stuff on free agency, I don't know how that's going to go yet. We've never done it. And Ballard is very tight-lipped about a lot of things, so it's very difficult to get that type of information unless you're Schefter, Pelissaro, where you've got all these agent connections. We have agent connections, but we're not that deep into the game yet, guys. So I guess my overall writing 
you know, thought for this this little mini pod that I'm doing is we're trying to be right more than we're wrong, and we're not just going to throw things against the wall, and we're certainly not going to outdo the big guys. Schefter, Pelissaro, all those guys have so many more connections than us. So, you know, you can have expectations for us to get insider news and stuff. I get it. You want that stuff. You want the information. But we're not just going to give you bullshit. We're not just going to say, oh, well, and just throw it against the wall and hope we're right. It's not going to happen. We'd rather just not say anything. So uh, we're going to put out what we know, and that's what that's what we're going to do, you know, and, and hopefully you guys will have more moderate expectations for what we're doing. We're a small podcast. You know, we, we have three or four really solid connections. Luke actually has more than I have. And so, I mean, we'll do what we do. We're going to grind and do what we can. But you just got to keep those those expectations a little lower than I think some of you guys have for us. So with that said, I'm going to wrap this up. I just wanted to do a quick update at where we're at in this quarterback carousal and and what I know and and what I've heard. You know, obviously something's going to happen probably here in the next week, and when it does, we'll you know we'll come back and do a podcast about it, and we'll certainly do a podcast. We're we're doing. I don't know if Luke has released this yet, but we're going to try to do a a Colts podcast wrap up every Friday and just kind of go over the news of the week, whether it's you know small, big, whatever. We're going to try to do that for you guys just to to kind of stay on, on top of everything throughout the off season, but. To all my new followers and all Luke's new followers, we appreciate the support. All our fans that have subscribed to help us get the 5,000 subscribers, now over 5,000. We really appreciate you guys, the guys and the girls that have bought merchandise. We love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate the support. We never take it for granted. We got the best fans, man. We love y'all. Appreciate you listening. And we'll be back soon here on the For the Culture Podcast.